Hey, what's happening? This is Isai Rodriguez, host of the Dadsformation Podcast, where I cater to the professional working man, 40 and above, who's looking to make positive changes to his health, lose weight, and become stronger overall through simple lifestyle changes. I'm here to share inspiration, tips, and proven lessons that I've personally learned and lived through in my 40 plus years on this beautiful blue planet. So today we'll start the discussion with make your at-home vacations actually feel like a vacation in our first segment. And then we'll move on to our second segment and answer the question, is eating fish healthy? And before we get into that, if you'd like to continue the conversation, then get on over to podcast.dasplanation.com slash VIP to get on the VIP Insiders community where I share more entertaining, behind-the-scenes stories, tips, and hacks that'll keep you feeling younger each and every day. That's podcast.dasplanation.com slash VIP. Again, that's podcast.dasplanation.com slash VIP. Be in the know starting right now. Also, don't forget to rate me on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you're listening to this episode right now and leave me a nice, fat, juicy five-star review and some absolutely beautiful words of why you love the show so much. It really helps me get the word out and it's honestly the one place where your vote truly matters. And now, let's move into our first segment with Healthy Conversations. So in this segment, in this week's um, Healthy Conversations, we're talking about um, our stay-at-home vacation or staycation as, you know, as, as it's more popularly known. So, so I know a lot of people who have been taking what's known as a, you know, staycation and, and why not? You know, just because you're stuck at home in COVID lockdown doesn't mean you should let that PTO go to waste or worse, letting it expire. But there's a little problem that, that I'm hearing people talk about. So while you're planning your stay at home vacation, you're all pumped up about your genius plan to save money by, you know, staying at home. But once you're, once you're on it, like once you're actually on this vacation, you realize it's not exactly as relaxing as you thought it would be. You know, it's like, it's not as relaxing as the real deal, let's say. And even though, even though you might not actually be lounging on a sunny Florida beach or, I don't know, exploring the streets of Austin, (laughs) you can feel like you actually are, even if you're really just sitting on your couch, simply by using this one expert approved trick for tapping into that vacay level chill zone. Are you ready for the secret? <laughs> it's it's actually pretty simple, but people don't people don't think about it. Like you don't really think about these things. And the secret really isn't a secret at all. It's just again, it's it's something that we don't normally think about. And it's it's just breathing. It's breathing, yo. Seriously, mind blown, huh? 
<laughs> and now, if your first thought was breathing, no way. <laughs> then hear me out here. Breathwork can seriously help with bringing a laid-back wellness travel vibe, you know, where, wherever you go. Whether you're in your kitchen to whip up a special snack or on a yoga mat in your living room for a quick power vinyasa flow session, breathwork is where it's at. And to make it happen, all you have to do is follow these tips from industry experts on how to use a breathwork practice routine to help you actually relax. And at the end of the day, get the most out of your staycation. So check it out. First, the first thing you want to keep in mind is uh, when you're getting into this little happy zone is that you want to find your happy place. Now, what do we mean by that? The name kind of makes it sound fancy, but you don't actually need to know any special techniques or, you know, to start with breath work practice or anything like that. You know, it just, it just takes a few deep breaths and some imagination. You can get a lot more out of self-care practice by just imagining where you want to be in that exact moment, in that very moment where you are, you know, just, just really think about it, imagine it. Picture it in your brain and then that picture will transport your, you there and then transporting yourself using your breath. So I personally like to imagine the sounds of my inhales and exhales as the sounds of distant waves crashing on the beach. Like, give it a try while you're sitting on your couch or relaxing just before bed. And you'll have definitive proof that you don't need an actual beach to tap into that vacation mindset. Again, this is a mindset. You're, playing, you're manipulating your mind to believe that it's somewhere where it's not, you know? And once you can transport yourself mentally, those feelings of actually being there, which relaxation is one of them, you know what I mean? Those feelings, you start to manifest like they start to become real. You start feeling that inside, that, that relaxation, that, that vibe, that tranquil peace, you know? So that's the first thing is, is um, find your happy place. And now the second little tip is channel your vacation vibes. Now, what do we mean by this? <laughs> channel your vacation. So, so listen, while, while Austin's food trucks and uh, what did I mention before? Uh, Florida's fresh fruit might be out of your reach. That doesn't mean you can't recreate a favorite food experience from a past trip or allow yourself to get inspired by your dream destination. You know what I mean? So no matter what you choose as your culinary inspiration, pausing to take a deep breath before your first bite can make all the difference in making your meal feel like a vacay dining experience. Because deep breathing before a meal really helps activate that rest and digest part of you. And, and it's actually suggested that you use all your senses to really experience the meal instead of just rushing through it. You know, you, you ever hear that saying that to slow down, relax, enjoy your meal? <laughs> the same holds true with this bullet here, with this tip. So visualize it, feel it, sense it, and finally taste it. The third thing to set your mind on a little journey into vacation land is to do it for the experience. 
You never opt out of a vacation altogether because you weren't sure if you were packing your suitcase correctly, right? What do, we, what do I mean? <laughs> Opting out of starting a breathwork routine because you're nervous, you're not doing it right, or, or it's, you know, it's, it, that's, that's, that's silly doodles, <laughs> if you ask me. <laughs> I heard that word somewhere, <laughs> and I, it's been stuck in my head, silly doodles, and I've been wanting to use it, so there it is. But listen, forget all the, the sometimes intimidating sounding terminology and just focus on enjoying it like you would with any vacation. You hear a lot of these buzzwords all the time like, I have to be present or I have to clear my mind or um, I have to manifest this in my life. You know, like you've heard these before. And while these phrases can help get you in an intentional mindset, they can also enforce the idea that there's a right way, quote unquote, to meditate. When the reality is there's no right or wrong way, just do it. Just allow yourself to observe it. Close your eyes, take a few deep breaths, and imagine yourself on the amazing vacation of your dreams. <laughs> what would that be? Think about that for a second. And then Drop me a line down in the comments and tell me where you're imagining yourself. Are you on the beaches of Los Cabos, Mexico? Snorkeling off the coast of Jamaica? Or maybe you're out cruising the Alaskan Glacier Bay on a Norwegian cruise line tour. <laughs> All things that I want to do, by the way. <laughs> Drop it in the comments. I can't wait to see what you imagine yourself doing. And so with that said, let's move on to our second segment, Mighty Man. All right, so in this segment of Mighty Man, we're answering the question, is eating fish healthy? And that's a great question. So fish has a reputation for being one of the healthiest foods we can eat. We know this. We know that fish is, is a healthy food. But do the health benefits of eating fish outweigh the risks of eating it? You know, especially during these days when the actual sources of all fish is drying up. Think about that. And here's another question for you to think about. With the availability of plant-based alternatives and also the increasing concerns about seafood's sustainability and its carbon footprint, the question I've been hearing a lot is, do we even need fish in our diet at all? <laughs> And with all the concern about mercury and nasty stuff that get into the fish, again, does eating fish provide more health benefits or health risks? In fact, one of the biggest concerns about fish has always been its potentially harmful levels of pollutants and metals. And um, like one of those pollutants is called PCBs or polychlorinated biphenyls. Try to say that three times fast. It took me a while to, <laughs> to learn that. PCBs is fine. But yeah, one of those pollutants is called PCBs. And while they were banned, they were actually banned back in the uh, uh, the 80s, I believe. And, uh, you know, these industrial chemicals, they were used worldwide in huge quantities. And, and they can still be found in the ground and, and in the water we drink. They've, they've been associated with a range of negative health effects on everything from... Uh, you know, the immune system to the brain you know, and everything in between. And even though PCBs are found in everything from dairy products to drinking water, the highest levels tend to be found in fish. And here's the funny thing. The solution for limiting your intake of PCBs from fish may sound counterintuitive. So it's thought that part of the problem of this accumulation of 
toxic crap <laughs> in fish is more of a concern with wild fish that's caught for, you know, direct human consumption or, you know, basically sold directly to um, distributors that package it and sell it directly to supermarkets and stuff like that. So if you've shopped for fish, you've heard of, you know, wild caught salmon versus farm raised. It's the wild caught variety that's no good. Go figure. Who would have thought that? Because here's the thing. The stuff that's fed to farmed fish is generally cleaned or scrubbed to remove toxins. And so from this perspective, farmed fish is often safer than wild. <laughs> no pun intended, but ain't that wild? <laughs> and even though the whole uh, fish farming thing is generally viewed as better for our health and better for the environment, it's been found that, uh, you know, large-scale farming of fish comes with its own set of problems, like the polluting of oceans with waste and, uh, you know, these fish farms becoming breeding grounds for diseases that can spill over into the wild. Actually, the NHS in the UK recommends that pregnant and breastfeeding women limit their intake of fish species that are more likely to contain PCBs and other nasty stuff like dioxins. They say they should limit this to two portions per week. These are fish like salmon and sardines, uh, sea bass, crabs, things like that. And now, why am I mentioning this on a podcast made for men? <laughs> Simple. Most of you have special women in your life, right? Whether it be a wife, girlfriend, your mother, fiance, whatever. Don't you think you should know this for their sake? Nah, okay. I mean, let's hope you don't need it for your mother's sake, but... <laughs> You get what I'm saying, right? It's important to know either way. Another worry with fish is mercury. Here's the bottom line with mercury. There are numerous links between mercury ingestion and cancer, between mercury ingestion and diabetes, between mercury ingestion and heart disease. Come on, guys. <laughs> None of this is good for you. You know that. There's no denying this is some bad stuff, but there's a little good news too. You know, it's not all doom and gloom here. You know, so general concerns around heavy metals in fish is, is more of a problem when it comes to species that live a particularly long time, like swordfish. They, they generally live 15, 20 years, you know? And now to give you a bit of perspective on this, there was a study that compared swordfish to salmon that showed that the swordfish specimens averaged around 0.995 parts per million of mercury, while the salmon, which lives an average of about four to five years, had an average of around 0.014 parts per million of mercury. And the kicker is this. <laughs> They also said how these levels of mercury will be on the rise as the global ice caps continue to melt. So as the Arctic permafrost melts, it releases mercury that was trapped in ice into the connecting waterways, which then makes it out into the ocean, which makes it into the fish. <laughs> you know, but, but there's a lot of good stuff about fish too, you know? Again, it's not all doom and gloom, as they say. So the consumption of oily fishes like salmon, tuna, sardines, mackerel, they've been linked to a lower risk of cardiovascular disease, you know? Thanks to its omega-3 fatty acids, um, the two in particular, 
EPA and DHA. So both EPA and DHA play a whole bunch of important roles in your metabolism. But our, you know, our bodies, you know, they can't produce them effectively. And so it's really important to have them as part of your diet. We have plenty of DHA in our brains, our retinas, and other specialized body parts. And along with EPA, helps to fight off inflammation, which has been linked to a higher risk of heart disease, cancer, and diabetes. And one way to avoid potential damage from mercury exposure uh, while, you know, still getting omega-3 is to take fish oil supplements. But again, some research that was recently carried out on behalf of the the WHO, not the rock band, but (laughs) the World Health Organization, this research found that they don't have the same effect as eating oily fish. You see, our bodies are adapted to metabolizing whole foods rather than a single slug of a particular nutrient or ingredient. So analyzing the potential health impacts of EPA and DHA deficiency, for example, is kind of difficult because people start these trials with varying levels of omega-3 in their systems to begin with. These intervention trials, they have problems. You know, these trials where people are randomly assigned to a group and then something such as, you know, taking supplements for omega-3 is is measured. You know, it, it inherently has problems. Not only that, but fish in general impacts everybody's health differently depending on how well they can convert the different forms of EPA and DHA. And this difference could come down to a person's overall diet, their lifestyle, you know, genetic differences could also play a big role in the equation. And then you have to take into consideration how the fish were raised, you know, were they farm raised, clean, where there's thousands of fish in a cage and they eat what they're given by the fish farmer, or were they raised out in the wild in a mercury infested part of the ocean where little fish eat marine plankton and then get eaten by bigger fish and the whole food chain passes on the omega-3 to humans. All these variables come into play when we're considering health impacts. But the reality is that because of all these fish we've mentioned, because all of them are being caught at the maximum possible level at which the industry can be sustained currently, you know, there appears to be a finite level, like there a cap almost of omega fish oils that come out of the ocean each year. And that's all we've got, you know? So basically what's happening is that a lot of the smaller fish like sardines and mackerel are being used to feed the larger fish in these big fish farms and then to meet the current demands of not only the fish meat but for the omega-3 that's extracted and used in supplements and other health and nutritional items and now aside from omega-3 fish has other nutritional benefits as well there's selenium which protects your cells from damage and infection Uh, iodine which supports a healthy metabolism and then of course protein Fish in general has always been called brain food, quote unquote. In fact, researchers have found that uh, eating baked or broiled fish is associated with larger brain volumes. I think we've covered this in the past. And it's it's pretty simple. Our brain volumes change with improved health and also with disease. The more neurons you have, the more brain volume you have. 
The relationship between fish and the brain could come down to the fish having an anti-inflammatory effect. Because when the brain responds to inflammation to try and reduce it, this action of response from your brain can actually affect the brain cells themselves in the process. This means you can improve brain health and prevent things like Alzheimer's with something as simple as adding more fish to your diet. In fact, to make the brain as resilient as possible to dementia, it's been advised that you start eating fish at least once a week when you're in your 20s or 30s. Another way of looking at fish as being healthy is in the sense that it replaces less healthy foods in your diet. So basically, if you eat more fish, you tend to eat less of other less healthy things. But still, there's there's still not enough research data to suggest any major health inadequacies for people who don't eat fish. And so it's kind of hard to truly say that fish is essential to overall human health. What is clear is that omega-3 certainly promotes health and reduces the risk of disease. That much we do know. And omega-3, again, is found in these quality uh, oily fish. So from that perspective, is fish healthy? Well, if you're looking to get your omega-3, oh yeah, <laughs> yes it is. <laughs> Otherwise, maybe not so much. But again, as I usually say, everything in moderation. So that's it, you guys. That's my show for today. I hope you found some valuable information here. And if nothing else, I hope I've entertained you for a few minutes and was able to bring a little manly sunshine to your day. Thanks for taking some time out of your day to listen to me. It's very much appreciated. On next week's episode, we'll be going over the question, how connecting to others help men heal? So you definitely don't want to miss out on that. And if you'd like to continue the conversation with me, then get on over to podcast.daspination.com slash VIP to get on the VIP Insiders community where I share even more raw behind-the-scenes stories, tips, and hacks that'll keep you feeling younger and younger each and every day. That's podcast.daspination.com slash VIP. Again, that's podcast.daspination.com slash VIP. Be in the know starting right now. Also, don't forget to rate me on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you're listening to this episode right now. And leave me a nice, fat, juicy five-star review and some absolutely beautiful words of why you love the show so much. It really helps me get the word out and it's honestly the one place where your vote truly matters. Till the next chat, take care now. Bye.